You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thanks for being here on today's show. It will be a busy one. We'll get a lot of Tennessee football talk in today as the Vols are back on the practice field on Wednesday afternoon. On Wednesday's show, I talked about Jared Garantano, and you heard Jeremy Pruitt offering up some compliments for Tennessee's starting QB. Today's first segment will be about the skill talent around Garantano. You'll hear from Marquez Callaway. He has high expectations for Tennessee's wide receivers. Callaway is now entering his senior year. Hear what he has to say about Tennessee's group and how motivated they are heading into this season. Also, a question from a listener on the overall skill talent that Tennessee has. I'll get to that in the first segment. In segment number two, Tyler Wyatt from 3forthemoney.win is going to stop by. He handicaps professionally. He looks at the numbers. Bet Online this week put out a win total projection for a number of college football teams, and Tennessee's win total was at seven for the 2019 season. I'll get Tyler's thoughts on that in the second segment of Locked on Vols. And in the final segment, a look at the top 10 teams in the net ranking in college basketball. That includes Tennessee. And I'll look at the teams and how they've performed against quad one and quad two opponents. The toughest competition that these teams have played. Where Tennessee stands among those when it comes to winning percentage and most games played. I'll get to that in the third segment of Locked on Vols. Your team every day, five days a week covering What's going on with Tennessee on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Overcast, your smart speaker. It's Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So with Jared Garantano leading the way for the offense, remember on Monday, Jeremy Pruitt was saying that the offense had kicked the defense's tail. We have not heard from Jeremy Pruitt since then, so his thoughts on Wednesday's practice are still uh, to be known. But we know that Garantano is coming back with now a lot more experience than what he had a year ago, and Tennessee's head coach is expressing more confidence in Garantano. What about the guys around him, though? You have Marquez Callaway back for his senior year. Juwan Jennings is back as a fifth-year senior at wide receiver. Josh Palmer is now entering his third season at Tennessee playing wide receiver. Tyler Bird is an experienced player. Uh, All of a sudden, Jordan Murphy has a little bit of experience. He's entering his third year in Tennessee's football program. So guys have had a chance to grow a little bit at the position. Then at tight end, you have Dominique Wood-Anderson with a year behind him after coming in from junior college last year. Ty Chandler, Tim Jordan, they're entering their third seasons at Tennessee. It's just a much more collectively experienced offense than it was a year ago on the offensive line. Ryan Johnson's played a lot more. Jerome Carvin played some as a true freshman. Jameer Johnson was a starter this past year after coming in from junior college. Wanya Morris does not have any experience. He's a true freshman who's likely to start, I would say, on the offensive line this year. But you just have guys that have played a lot of football at this point. Marcus Tatum, add him to the list. Back to the group of wide receivers. Marquez Callaway met with the media on Wednesday, and he talked about how good he thinks Tennessee's wide receivers can be this year. If Jared Garantana is going to take a step forward, you probably hope that his wide receivers can as well. Listen to what Marquez Callaway said about Tennessee's wide receivers heading into 2019. I think we could be one of the best in the SEC mm-hmm. because we have all the tools here. We have a great coaching staff. Now it's just about want and belief. I think we're all invested more than we were the previous years. I think we all hold each other to a higher standard, and we all come to um, compete and work. What do you think you're invested more? 
I think because we know what's at stake, we have to hold up to a lot we have to look up for, and I think um, we can do it, so that's why. And there is more at stake this year for Tennessee's football team. Last year was about getting to a bowl game, and Tennessee did not do that. And this year, that could be part of the conversation, but if Tennessee goes 6-6 six and six this year, that's going to be a disappointment. It's not just about getting to a bowl game. It's trying to be more competitive against Alabama and Georgia and trying to beat Florida, which will not be easy. We'll get to that coming up here on the show in just a few minutes. Trying to beat Missouri on the road. It won't be easy. There are a number of games that are winnable for Tennessee, but still losable. And that's why I think there's going to be a greater sense of urgency. And T. Martin's coming in, having coached at USC where expectations are high and having played at Tennessee where expectations were as high as they got back in the late 90s. And that's the kind of mindset that Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach and his assistant coaches are trying to bring to Tennessee right now and trying to make the players understand that as well. I don't know how good Tennessee's wide receivers are going to be yet. We don't have to know right now. I just look at what they can be maybe. I think Callaway has proven he can be a good wide receiver in the SEC. We know that Juwan Jennings is a good wide receiver in the SEC. What does Ramel Keaton do as a true freshman? Does he make an early impact? Brandon Johnson, can he take a step forward and help Tennessee more? What do they get out of that slot receiver position? I think those are things that Tennessee is still trying to work on. Do they have enough speed? Do they have enough players who can create separation at that position? I think one thing Tennessee would have liked to have done is add one more big-time speed threat at receiver in the 2019 class. Tennessee was not able to do that. Eric Gray was added in the 19 class. He is not practicing here this spring, but he will be a player to watch in August to see what kind of immediate impact he can make out of the backfield. Ty Chandler needs to be more involved, I think, in the passing game. And that leads to a question from Tim, who sent in uh, asking about Tennessee skill players. How can they be better off with Jim Chaney? And I think it comes back to his ability to get the skill position players, whether we're talking about running backs, receivers, tight ends, uh, are included in this conversation in the right kind of position to play off their strengths. Ty Chandler was not involved enough as a receiver last year. I would expect that he will be used more, and depending on the health and the depth they believe they have with the running backs, don't be surprised if we see those guys used together on the field at times. Then with Juwan Jennings, him being healthier, and yeah, I, I think at this point, really understanding the receiver position. His first couple of years, he's really learning to play receiver, and he still is to some level, but now that Juwan has been in the program for four plus years and you know in the 2017 season that was really kind of a lost year but since then he's come back and has been fully dedicated to football and has been a good player for Tennessee and I expect that he will be again this fall and if he's fully healthy then watch out for what Juwan might be able to do on the field this year do they have enough guys right now that can be big time playmakers I would say no I think there's time for that to change And Marquez Calloway, if what he says is true, that players are more dedicated, players have the right kind of focus, then I think this offense can take a big step forward between now and August and September when the 2019 season is beginning. But for Jared Garantano to be the player that people want him to be or maybe expect him to be at quarterback, those players around him are going to need to do that as well. 
Speaking of, coming up in the next segment of Locked on Balls, Tyler Wyatt from 3forthemoney.win will stop by. I'll get his thoughts on Tennessee projected at seven wins heading into the 2019 season. What does he think about that number as well as the opponents Tennessee will face? And we'll get some SEC tournament thoughts. Coming up next right here on Locked on Balls, if you get into your car and you tell your smartphone to play podcast, Locked on V-O-L-S, It should fire right up for you, perfect for the commute to work in the morning or on the way home in the evening. Locked on Vols is here five days a week talking about what's going on with Tennessee football, basketball, and UT athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So I want to welcome to the show Tyler Wyatt. You can find him on Twitter, at Tyler Wyatt Wins, and his website is 3forthemoney.win. He's a professional looking at the numbers. So Tyler, I really appreciate you taking the time, and earlier this week, we saw some projections for 2019 from Bet Online, and the over-under win total for Tennessee was set at seven. So I'll start out with what do you think when you see that number in terms of what it means and what the Vols are going up against this year on the field? Uh, well, unfortunately, I think a lot of uh, Tennessee fans, a lot of diehard fans will see that number seven and think Vegas is expecting us to go seven and five, and Vegas is always right. And and when they are right, you know, more often than not, that's not the way this this exactly works. Uh, when I see seven and five, I, I look at Tennessee's schedule first and foremost. Right now, there are three games where Tennessee will be a double-digit underdog, no matter what happens uh, from here and the start of the season. Uh, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama are all going to be ten plus points. Alabama is going to be, you know, three touchdown to twenty-four point uh, favorite over Tennessee. Right now, Florida I have right around ten or eleven, and Georgia team that's you know getting a lot of talk to be a national champion is going to be about a two-touchdown favorite. So when you say that Tennessee has three games where they're going to be double-digit underdogs, I don't want to say that that's three guaranteed losses, but if we go back to 2003 since I started tracking sports betting data, teams that are catching between 10 and 24 points have won just over 18% of, of games. So it's really tough to win as double-digit underdogs. Now, on the other side of that, Tennessee has a couple of games where they're going to be big favorites. Tennessee and and UAB, Tennessee will be a 16 or 17 point favorite there. Tennessee's going to be uh, a favorite, obviously, in the other two non conference games. And then you have a bunch of games where Tennessee is going to be uh, in a coin toss type of scenario. That, those, those are going to tell the tale of Tennessee's season. South Carolina, going to be a close game. Missouri, going to be a close game. Kentucky, going to be a close game. So whether Tennessee gets well over that seven win mark will come down to Jeremy Pruitt and his ability to win close games. Uh, we saw South Carolina last year, you know, a team that, that had control of a football game for nearly all of it, found a way to, to come back and, and let that one slip away. So uh, when I see seven first, I think I would lean towards Tennessee over because I think they're going to be improved. A really, really solid recruiting class. Jeremy Pruitt certainly, he checked that box off. Player development, uh, I think what we've heard in the last couple of weeks is a number of players have gained weight. I think you typically hear that uh, when you try to really overhaul a defense, and that's what he's had to do. Uh, but my first thought when I see Tennessee in seven wins, I do think Tennessee can get over that. Uh, but it will it will come down to a handful of games where between now and September, I don't see a lot of line movement, and Tennessee's going to have to win you know, a couple of, of three or four-point type of uh, football games. I'm talking to Tyler Wyatt. His website is 3forthemoney.win. And a lot of the conversation with Tennessee and its opponents or, or where it 
compares to is in the SEC East, talking about where Florida is as a program, South Carolina, Missouri, as you mentioned. But that Mississippi State game is going to be important, isn't it? What, what do you think about Joe Moorhead entering his second season and how those two teams might compare to each other, Tennessee and Mississippi State, with that game being in Knoxville this year? Oh, well, it's, it's a Mississippi State team that obviously loses Nick Fitzgerald. I, how great was Nick Fitzgerald last year, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He was certainly not as good as, as his junior campaign. Coming back from the injury probably played a lot to do there. But it's a, it's a Mississippi State team that has a lot of respect from a lot of odds makers and a lot of people around the country. It's a team that, uh, if you look in, in a lot of the projections, Bill Connolly is really high on Mississippi State. Uh, if you look at some of the guys that, that really dive deep into those uh, analytics like me, there's a lot of people around the country that have respect for Mississippi State. Obviously, it starts, I think, with, well, maybe 1-1A one and one A is Keaton Thompson. Can he step up and, and continue what Nick Fitzgerald was do, able to do? He played solid all all year last year when he was asked to. He wasn't asked to do a whole lot because Fitzgerald came back after that season opener of a six touchdowns to one interception uh, when he was asked to do that. He, he's not a guy that's just going to sling it for 400 yards. Uh, but he is similar to Fitzgerald in that he can pick the football up and run for 15 yards if he needs to. He's a very big physical kid. I heard that he's put on 10 or 15 pounds of, of good weight over the off season. It's a defense. Obviously, Mississippi State is known for their defense last year, probably the best across the board when you look at just pure statistics. I think only giving up 12 touchdowns last year and about four yards per play. Uh, they're going to have to replace a lot there, obviously, Montez Sweat. Uh, one of those guys, uh, you're going to look at uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, another kid, Jonathan Abram, big, big guys there on that defense. If Mississippi State can can find a way to get it done defensively, they're going to be fine. I think Joe Moorhead is a very, very good uh, X's and O's coach. Defense, I think, you know, we're familiar, uh, we're familiar there. Uh, but it's a Mississippi State team uh, that can give Tennessee fits. I have, have them a small favorite right now, somewhere in that four, four and a half point range over Tennessee. So it's in that group of, of three or four games where Tennessee will, will have to win a really tough, close contest to get over that seven-win mark. Uh, but that's a, that's a game that I look at that could uh, could be a defining point in Tennessee's season, where it falls on the schedule. Um, obviously, you have it kind of right in the middle there after Georgia and before Alabama. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, uh, but the fact that it's at home certainly helps. Georgia at home will be tough, uh, but I do think that maybe you can – you know, if, if it's a tough game and it is a loss, coming off a loss there, playing a team like Mississippi State could be a good position for Tennessee to be in. Hey, Tyler, if Tennessee were to go over that number seven, that means it's going to win some of those coin flip, coin flip games and it's going to go up against teams that are uh, compared similarly, I would say. What would allow Tennessee to overachieve? For Tennessee to win eight games, let's say, that's obviously over the number seven. What, what would need to happen between now and then for Jeremy Pruitt to have that kind of team that can beat uh, maybe a Mississippi State and South Carolina at home, something like that. I, I think it starts with the defense. Uh, I, I do think Jared Carantano will will improve this season. Uh, we've heard good things about the offense here in the last couple of days, uh, but it was a defense that was just a mess last year. We've heard heard a lot of positive things. There will be some some kids that are asked to play early, uh, but I think for Tennessee to 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 exceed and go over that seven mark, uh, we'll need to hear more out of out of spring camp. Uh, that, that Tennessee's defense is really looking like a, an SEC defense. It also wouldn't hurt to, to maybe hear, and you know, hate to say that a team suffers an injury, but anytime you, you know one of those teams that you're going up against, if they suffer an injury in the spring, certainly can 
can change that. Uh, but I would look at Tennessee's defense first. I do think the offense uh, will be good. Uh, I trust Tennessee's running backs, and I trust them at the quarterback position. Wide receiver been solid. I think you, you look really, really hard and long at the defense. If Tennessee's going to win eight or nine games, it will absolutely start with Jeremy Pruitt's background, which is, has been the defensive side of the ball. Hey, uh, Tyler, before I let you go, uh, good stuff on the win total projection, all that stuff with college football. Uh, the SEC tournament is here. Tennessee uh, is one of the favorites to get it done. What, how do you kind of handicap that with Tennessee, Kentucky? There's the Reed Travis question with the Wildcats. There's the off-the-court stuff with LSU. What do you think heading into the weekend now? I do think it comes down to Tennessee and Kentucky. I do have both of those teams moving past uh, their first game. Winner of Tennessee and Kentucky, I think, takes takes the SEC championship uh, for Tennessee. It would it would uh, be something for Tennessee fans to win the championship, uh, not just the regular season, but the tournament championship. Uh, Tennessee at plus 175, a slight favorite over Kentucky at plus 200. If Reed Travis misses, I think Tennessee's the favorite, and rightfully so. If, if Reed Travis, uh, if it were to come out in the next day or so that he's going to play, I would still have Tennessee and Kentucky as co-favorites. wouldn't move Kentucky past Tennessee, but I do expect the Vols to get it done. I do think it's it's a Tennessee SEC championship, and I do think that will give them a, a pretty good momentum boost going into next week. Tyler, I ask you about the numbers because you look at the numbers for a living. Tell the listeners about your website, 3forthemoney.win. Absolutely, 3forthemoney.win. We have a NCAA tournament special running until the night of the play-in games. I can, can get there. And then baseball season right now, we have two weeks left. Early bird special. Uh, Major League Baseball has been our bread and butter the last three years it's been our biggest return on investment it's been our biggest money maker uh, for the last three seasons i love 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 basketball but baseball's been where we've uh, we've put a little extra coin in our pockets yeah three for the money dot win three for the money dot win the website tyler white thanks so much for the time uh, we'll get you on here again sometime uh, soon sometime in the near future but i appreciate the insight and the information today anytime my friend and with the SEC tournament, Tennessee is trying to win it for the first time in 40 years. It's been since 1979 when Tennessee last won the SEC tournament. I saw Peter Burns was on uh, with 3HL in Nashville on Wednesday, and uh, Peter's with the SEC Network. He is absolutely picking Tennessee win the SEC tournament. I thought, man, the level of confidence is, is almost kind of wild when you think about it's been 40 years. Four decades have passed since Tennessee won the SEC tournament. I uh, I lean toward what Tyler's saying there, Tennessee or Kentucky. Could it be LSU? Could it be Auburn? Maybe so. I just I don't see them making runs to win the SEC tournament. Uh, LSU could. Let's not count them out. I just I think there's too much going on there. So Tennessee or Kentucky, I think that's what it comes down to. That game on Saturday, assuming it happens, will be a big one. Coming up next in the final segment of Locked On Vols, I'm going to look at performances by the top 10 teams in college basketball against quad one and quad two opponents. How Tennessee compares to the top teams in college basketball as the Vols try to get a one seed in the NCAA tournament. That's coming up next on Locked on Vols. I want to say a big thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed the show. I've looked there on iTunes. It's really kind of wild. Uh, thanks so much for all the support. If you haven't done so, but do have a moment to leave a rating and review there on iTunes. can be a big help to the show. It's available there. Google, Spotify, uh, the third-party apps like Stitcher and Overcast all carry Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So with Tennessee going into the weekend, it has a really good chance of getting a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. If you look at bracket projections from Bracket Matrix, which looks at all these different projections out there, Tennessee is currently the third 
number two seed. The current one seeds are Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Kentucky. Well, if Tennessee knocks off Kentucky this weekend, Tennessee could jump the Wildcats. There seems to be a good chance that Tennessee could jump one of the ACC teams if Tennessee wins the SEC tournament. Obviously, all three of those teams can't go on and win the ACC. Let's see what happens with Zion and Duke this weekend. Let's see how things play out in the Big Ten. If Michigan State does not win the Big Ten tournament and Tennessee wins the SEC tournament, then Tennessee, I think, is going to be ahead of Michigan State. And Tennessee can beat Gonzaga, which doesn't play any more games, just lost on Tuesday night to St. Mary's. So you have a number of spots, I think, that are up for grabs heading into tournament championship weekend. So I looked at the top 10 in the net rankings to see how Tennessee has performed against quad one and quad two teams, the uh, the best competition you're going to face in college basketball. And there are a few teams that probably aren't getting enough credit. A team like Texas Tech has done quite well. It's 16-5 and five against quad one and quad two teams. It's played 21 games against that level competition. Tennessee's record is 13-4, and four, so it's played 17 games against quad one and quad two teams. That gives the Vols the fifth best winning percentage among the top 10 teams against that level competition. The best winning percentage goes to Virginia. Virginia is 16-2 and two in those games. Those two losses are both against Duke. So against everybody not named Duke, Virginia's 16-0. The winning percentage there is 88.8%. That's the best uh, among the top 10. Then you have Houston with an 87.5 winning percentage, 14-2, and two, so 16 games. Then Gonzaga, Michigan, and Tennessee. Those are the top five winning percentages from the top 10 teams in the net rankings. The most games played against quad one and quad two teams go to the Michigan schools. Michigan and Michigan State have both played 22 games against quad one and quad two teams. North Carolina and Texas Tech have played 21 games. Kentucky has played 20 games, and Duke has played 19 games against quad one and quad two competition. Duke is going to be just difficult to get a read on because of the Zion factor. Duke's record is 14-5 and five with those losses against North Carolina coming without Zion. The loss at Virginia Tech was without Zion. Uh, they did lose to Gonzaga at full strength. That's a game that came down to the final seconds on a neutral court. So it's just, I think it's difficult to get a read on what's going on with Duke and what the committee thinks about the Blue Devils. Let's see what happens this weekend on the court and what kind of role Zion plays for Duke. And they're still not at 100%. Bolden's out. So Duke's Duke's a tricky one. North Carolina has a really good resume right now. 16-5 and five against quad one and quad two teams. A 76.1% winning percentage. Uh, Texas Tech, again, I think is a little bit underrated in the conversation out of the Big 12. It's probably hurt a little bit by what the Big 12 has been. So uh, Tennessee is in a fine position. Its winning percentage is good. Tennessee has probably not played enough games against quad one and quad two teams. The Vols should get uh, at least a couple of games added to that number heading into this weekend. I think Tennessee is also helped by the fact that it doesn't have any bad losses. When you look at Tennessee's losses this year, it lost to Kansas on a neutral court when Kansas was at full strength earlier this season and then lost at Kentucky, at LSU, and at Auburn. There's nothing to look at on Tennessee's schedule and say, or resume, say, man, that, that's bad for the Vols. They would have liked to have won at Auburn, no doubt, and at LSU and at Kentucky. The Kentucky game went poorly, but the committee has now seen Tennessee beat Kentucky by 19 points in Knoxville. So you have that as kind of a wash. And then I, I think you could look at the LSU and Auburn games and say, if they played on a neutral court or in Knoxville, there's a good chance Tennessee 
could have won those games as well. Similar thought with Kansas. That's a game that could have gone either way. Tennessee had a really good chance to win that one. It was early in the season, and it was on a neutral court. So there's nothing bad to be written or said about Tennessee's resume. Also, when you look at these numbers with the top 10 teams, they're all very comparable, very comparable. That's why I think there's as much intrigue as we've seen in a while heading into conference tournament championship weekend because so many spots are available here. Let's see what happens. Tennessee can get a one seed. I think if it wins on Friday, it's locked into a two at worst. If it wins on Saturday and loses on Sunday, I don't know. But I do think Tennessee controls its destiny with the SEC tournament this weekend. And uh, last night, Missouri beat Georgia and then Texas A&M beat Vanderbilt. So they move on to Thursday action. Tennessee will play Friday night in the final slot against the winner of Mississippi State and Texas A&M. I would say that's likely to be Mississippi State, but we'll see what happens. Also in recruiting, on the Five Star Preps podcast that Jesse Smithy hosts, coming up scheduled at about 7 o'clock on Thursday evening, they are going to have the announcement from Brian Tucker of Catholic High School and where he's going to go to college. He's a four-star offensive lineman. Tennessee has offered and recruited him. Clemson has gotten a lot of momentum in talks, but uh, a four-star Knoxville offensive lineman announcing his decision Thursday night on the Five Star Preps podcast. I'll have the news of that on tomorrow's show. I'll talk Tennessee basketball as the Vols get ready for their first game in the SEC tournament Friday night. More Tennessee football talk as the Vols will be back on the practice field Friday afternoon. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. Remember to rate and review the show, download and subscribe, share the word about the daily Tennessee podcast, Locked on Vols. Thanks so much for hanging out here today, and I'll see you tomorrow.